pay is the symptom, it's not the disease. So in other words, uh, pay is the quantitative value decision that you're making about your talent. The actual value decisions that you're making about your talent happen upstream. Women are half the conversation and men are the other half. And not just because men hold the majority of all leadership positions in corporations, but also because gender inequity impacts them too. The average Fortune 500 company so is, has six, 60,000 employees, right? So you are trying to operationalize gender equity across 60,000 employees, probably in multiple countries. That's a very heady task to take on. I'm Paul Michaelman, and this is MIT Sloan Management Review's Three Big Points. In each episode, we take on one topic that leaders need to be on top of right now and leave you with three key takeaways for you and your organization. We love data. We love innovation, the world changers, the mind blowers. We love ideas, impossible ideas, big, impossible, crazy as a loon ideas. We love falling down and getting back up and accepting our mistakes and moving on. We love it all. With love, Cloudera. Gender equity is a challenge for all kinds of companies, from the Fortune 500 to Silicon Valley. But even now, with most everyone seeming to agree that the problem must be fixed, not much has really been done to move the needle. Could technology be the answer? We are specifically looking at that within companies and using advanced technology to solve the issue at scale. What we know is that if we fundamentally change the decisions that we make about our talent, we can actually accelerate the time to closing the gender equity gap. That's Katika Roy, CEO and founder of Pipeline Equity, which has developed a software platform looking to improve gender equity within organizations. Roy argues that traditional excuses for why the problem exists and why traditional strategies to address it have failed just don't add up. A lot of the solutions to date that have been put forward for closing the gender equity gap uh, either uh, focus on fixing women or they may not really solve the problem and they could actually make it worse. There's a fair amount of talk around, uh, well, if there's a job posted. Women, they'll only apply for the job if they have 100% of the qualifications. Men will apply if they have uh, 60%. The other half of that story is that the person sitting on the other side of the table judging whether or not someone can do that job is using the very same, same criteria. That is, we judge women based on their past jobs and men based on their future potential. She says that solutions like women's leadership development programs are fine, but that they don't go far enough. We need to change the workplace itself. There's been, an, I think, a false narrative around, well, women, they don't quite know how to operate in the workplace. Well, the workplace was not designed to value them. So we will always perpetuate that narrative unless we actually change the decisions and how we value talent. Equity gaps play out in a number of places within companies. 
So within organizations, um, there are five key decisions that they make across their talent. So hiring, who they're going to hire, um, internal and external, how they're going to pay them, what their performance is, so performance reviews, ratings, et cetera, what their potential is, so are they a potential for a future leadership role, et cetera, and um, who gets promoted. And if you change those decisions, you can make a massive improvement in gender equity. Bias is always going to exist in humans, says Roy. There's no way to totally get rid of that altogether, but reframing this problem, that will help. Gender equity has largely been focused on and used as a synonym for women's rights. And um, in actual fact, women are half the conversation and men are actually the other half. And not just because uh, men hold the majority of all leadership positions in organizations, about 68% of um, Fortune 500 leaders are men. Um, It's also because gender inequity impacts men too, We just don't talk about it. And so if we begin to change the narrative and talk about how gender inequity impacts everyone, and it's fundamentally an economic opportunity, you begin to move away from this black and white thinking, this us versus them, um, that in order for someone to win, someone else has to lose, which is not actually true. Time for the hard facts. Pipeline did a research study across 4,000 companies in 29 countries, and they found a very strong correlation between increased gender equity and business results, according to Roy. What we found was that for that for every 10% increase in gender equity toward parity, so toward 50-50, we measure that across some key KPIs, key performance indicators, there is a 1% to 2% increase in revenue. With this study and more like it, you'd think the business case would be made to leaders of organizations that addressing gender equity is in their best interest. And while many leaders do seem to have bought in, their commitment is simply not going far enough. What we have seen over the past five years or so is an increasing commitment to closing the gender equity gap. There have been a number of pledges that have been launched. So CEO Action for Diversity and Inclusion, Paradigm for Parity, et cetera. Uh, I think almost 90% of CEOs that participate um, are now committed to gender equity, put it in their top priorities. What we unfortunately are not seeing is any movement on that or very little. And that disconnect between CEOs saying it's a priority and the little to no progress actually occurring? It's not going unnoticed by employees. What we see is that there's actually a 56-point gap between uh, CEOs who put gender equity in their top priorities, which is about 78%, and um, 22 of employees who, 22% of employees who regularly see it shared and measured. And that's what they're really looking for is not the perfection, but the commitment, the transparency, and the accountability. The solution, according to Roy, is actually putting those hopes and dreams into tangible actions. I believe that CEOs are committed to gender equity and they struggle, and they probably would hate me using that word, but they struggle with how to operationalize that commitment. And if you break it down within the Fortune 500, so we just take that as a data set, the average Fortune 500 company, so is has six, 60,000 employees, right? So you are trying to operationalize gender equity across 60,000 employees, probably in multiple countries. That's a very heady task to take on. And this brings us back to Roy's company. 
Pipeline is a cloud platform that supports companies moving towards gender equity by helping to remove bias from decisions about employee development, specifically decisions that come out of the performance review process. Here's how it works. You write a performance review around, about a, an employee of yours. You save it as a draft in, the, in your core HR platform, uh, like a Workday or a SuccessFactors. Um, that sends a trigger to the pipeline platform that you need a recommendation. So all this is automated. It, what we do actually is we uh, review that performance review, um, use natural language processing to call out bias phrases, and then calibrate the rating itself. So we'll make a, we may or may not make a recommendation on the rating and then also the text of the performance review. You get that back automatically and then you can accept or reject the recommendations. So this solution aims to help companies make better decisions at the operational level that can, in aggregate, profoundly impact the big picture. So hiring, pay, performance, potential, and promotion, we intercept those decisions before they're made. So let's say you're taking the average Fortune 500, has 60,000 employees. There are three key decisions they make across their talent every year, which is performance, potential, and pay. So that's 180,000 opportunities for the average Fortune 500 company to move toward gender equity every single year. That's what we make possible. And so we can show companies through all of these tens of thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands of decisions that they're making, how those decisions are actually moving them either closer to closing the gender equity gap or farther away. And these changes impact everyone. So one of the things that people are often surprised to learn is that Pipeline closes gaps for women and men. We've closed pay gaps for men. So this is not just about women. This is about everybody. What Pipeline fundamentally does is uses artificial intelligence to augment the decisions that companies are already making. Another thing Roy has learned, you can't close the gender pay gap by focusing only on pay. Pay is the symptom. It's not the disease. So in other words, uh, pay is the quantitative value decision that you're making about your talent. The actual value decisions that you're making about your talent happen upstream. They happen before that in performance and potential. So you need to get those right before you can actually close your gender pay gap. We've discussed the bottom line benefits to the individual company, but addressing gender equity has implications that go beyond that. From an economic perspective, it's not uh, good to underpay people. We could, of the two trillion that um, is the upside for uh, gender equity through closing the gender equity gap in the U.S., $512 billion of that is closing the gender pay gap. It's a massive economic opportunity for our country. It is not just an issue of fairness, of, of paying people equitably, but and it's not just about women. It's about, so 40% of U.S. households in um, with children in the U.S., women are the breadwinners. There's uh, There's 16 million breadwinner moms in the U.S. They support 28 million children. That's our future labor force. When we leave women behind, we leave families behind. We leave our future labor force behind. We know that there's a connection between the economic standing of parents and the future opportunities of their children. That that doesn't just impact my macro, my, my bank account. That's actually that we are all tethered together in that. That's Katika Roy, CEO of Pipeline Equity. We'll let her wrap this one up. 
with three big points on addressing gender equity. Number one. Gender equity is not just a social issue. It's a massive economic opportunity. In the U.S. alone, we could increase our GDP by $2 trillion if we close the gender equity gap. Number two. Gender equity is not a synonym for women's rights. Women are half the conversation and men are the other half. And not just because men hold the majority of all leadership positions in corporations, but also because gender inequity impacts them too. It's just that we don't talk about it. And number three. You cannot close the gender pay gap by starting with pay. That what we know is that pay is the quantitative value that you place on your talent, but the actual value that you place on your talent happens before that in performance and potential. If we fix those, then we can really close the gender pay gap. That's this week's Three Big Points. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever fine podcasts are streamed. We will be forever in your debt if you take a moment to rate our program or post a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your episodes. We will be forever in your debt if you can take a moment to rate our program or post a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Three Big Points is produced by Mary Dew. Music by Matt Reed. Marketing and audience development by Desiree Barry. Our coordinating producer is Mackenzie Wise.